Well, I got to tell you, um, I was kind of coming out of my shoes over here as we were worshiping, and um, I, I just, I'm excited to be here, and um, one of the things I would say is, is our church went through a transition as we were looking for a senior pastor, and during that time, especially around last Easter, man, I felt like God was moving, and like some powerful things were happening, and I, I got this feeling in my mind, like, I don't care what you do with me, Lord, I don't care where I go, I want that. I want God to move. And I feel like God's moving. And so, good news, you're a part of something huge this morning. You're a part of something huge. Not, not anything about us or anything about our greatness, but you're a part of God's kingdom being built and people's lives being restored. And, and I couldn't help but, as we sang the lion and the lamb, just every knee will bow before the name of the Lord. Every knee will bow. And God is our power, as we talked about last week. Well, before um, we go any further, I just want to say that this morning is really a Westchester service. I mean, this is Westchester at its core. We, two of our core values, we've been working through our core values with the board, and two of the main core values of our church, um, one, one is that we believe in intergenerational ministry, and so you see that through our prayer. The other is that we believe... And in, in missions, we believe in serving the world around us, the community around us, and the world around us. That Westchester is a serving, loving, giving church. And so I just wanted to take a second and highlight um, something. We talked about it briefly last week, but in February, um, during the month of February every year, we have missions dinners. And basically what that is, is after church every Sunday in February, there's four Sundays, starting next week, we have dinner for anybody that's willing to, to join and be a part of that. And that is a, that's a great opportunity to support missions, to support the people that are serving in missions. It's a great opportunity to come together and get to know each other. I know that there's a lot of new people around here, and if, if you just want to get to know people... Come to dinner. More than anything, we believe that God has called us to take the hope and the peace and the love that God has for us and to take it out into our community and into the world around us. And so our church every year does at least one mission trip, usually one that's out of the country, and sometimes we do a second that's inside the United States. And we have lots of different missions opportunities, but one of the ways that we support that is through these missions dinners. So in February, if you come to lunch after church, it'll start right after church, about 12 o'clock, 12.15, some we're in there. If you come to lunch afterwards, your money that you pay for lunch will go towards helping people go on mission trips. This year, we're going to Ukraine, Kiev, Ukraine, and, and that's our mission trip, but there's also some possibility that we might be going down to Florida, to Fort Myers, to work on hurricane relief, and so what happens with these missions dinners is, is the people that are going to go on these trips, um, they, they work really hard to put together the, the dinners, they work really hard to serve them, and so the money that you spend on that lunch will go towards helping those people go on trips. The cost is $8 per adult per meal. But the maximum per family is $22. Someone tell me what the kids are. This isn't in my notes. How much is it for kids? Chris, help me out. 
$3, sure, we just set the price. I have a feeling we just set the price. So $8 for adults, three for kids, but there's a maximum of $22, so if you have lots of kids like me, it works out pretty good to come to the, listen, this is gonna be a good meal, and, and it's pretty cheap. And even better news, if you want to come to all four of them for the whole month, you can have lunch taken care of on Sundays. The, the cost is $30 for an adult ticket. I don't know what the kids are. I'm not going to make you come up with that right now. But the max for a family is $80. Listen, my family could spend $80 in like two trips to Chick-fil-A. And we're talking all of February lunches. And so I, I just want to ask you to be a part of that. Not, not just because it's a good deal, um, but, but there's so many values to this. Number one, it is, it's who we are. We support our mission to the world around us, and we support people that are serving. And so, so come through the, through the month of February, every Sunday, starting next week. The tickets will be available in either foyer, this foyer behind you, or the one in the back of the church there, the north or south foyer. And um, Chris Hardeman, raise your hand. Is Richard Spiker in here? There we go, Richard. Those are the two people that you can see. Richard's in the back corner there. Chris is right here in the blue shirt. And, and you can buy advanced tickets if you want to do that. We would love for you to buy advanced tickets so we know how much food to make and know how many people to prepare for. But that, that's an awesome opportunity. I, I just want to say I am thrilled to be a part of a church that believes in sharing God's word and God's love around the world and in our community. That's, that's a huge thing to me. So be a part of that. Today we're wrapping up our, our Rooted series. And, and just to start out, we'll, I've, I've read this this idea every week, this is kind of our guiding idea for it, it's this, in order to be who God created us to be, we must be rooted in an authentic relationship with Christ. You cannot be who God created you to be without having an authentic relationship with Christ. In order to be who we all claim to be as followers of Christ, if you claim to be a follower of Christ, we have to have an authentic living relationship with Christ. So just some recap. I know some of you haven't been here all month. Just real quick, I'm going to zip through this. First of all, that starts, um, our authentic relationship with God starts with knowing God, just like any other relationship, just like your relationship with your spouse, your kids, um, your friends. The more you know each other, the better your relationship, the stronger your relationship. And so having an authentic relationship with Christ starts with knowing Christ. Now that's, that's weird, because how do we know Christ? He's not sitting next to us necessarily. We don't see him, but, but we have scripture, and we have prayer, and this month has been all about prayer, and so hopefully every day you've spent time in prayer and in scripture getting to know Christ more. So an authentic relationship starts with knowing Christ. Number two, the more we know Christ, the more we know God, and the more we're rooted in authentic relationship, the more fruitful we will become. In other words, our lives are transformed to where we're transformed into the image of God. We're more and more like Christ each day in the way that we live, and we become fruitful. God works through us. And so knowing God, becoming fruitful through God's transforming in our lives, and three, our relationship with God connects us to the power source. 
The way that we're transformed, the way that that we're effective in, in serving others and serving the world around us is through being connected to the power source, to the almighty God, to the creator of all of this. And so, so we have no God, we become fruitful, and we are plugged in to the power source. Today, we want to finish up the series um, by, by talking more about what God calls us to do. So last week, we talked about being plugged into the power source. We have this awesome power source, the creator that created us. If we plug into the creator, we will be who we were created to be. But I want to talk more today about what, what we're called to what our job is. Honestly, uh, if you came the last three weeks, some of that, it seems like it's inward focused, like we are being rooted. We are becoming fruitful. We are getting power. Today is the perfect way to end this series because I want you to understand it's not just about us. We are being rooted. We are being transformed. We are being given power, not just for us, but so that we can be a part of God's work in the world around us. And so, so it's more than just building ourselves up. In fact, and so we have in order to be who God created us to be, we must be rooted in an authentic relationship with Christ. And now let me follow that up with today's idea, and that's this. An authentic relationship with Christ will always lead to a life of service and love. Do you hear that? An authentic relationship with Christ will always lead to a life of love and service. I might not have gotten that verbatim. But if we become transformed, if we know God, if we become transformed and fruitful, if we're connected to the power source, we don't just become more selfish and more inward focused. We are transformed to be a person of love and serving others. You cannot have an authentic relationship with Christ. You cannot know God and be transformed and be connected to that power source and be selfish. The more we are transformed, the more we love and serve others. Listen, if you're not loving and serving others, you need to check your relationship with Christ. You're probably missing that authentic relationship Our spiritual growth, our our rootedness does not push us to become more self-focused. It pushes us to become more God-focused and more others-focused. Our natural instinct isn't that. Let's be honest. I mean, you guys know this. Our natural instinct is that the, the more successful or the more powerful or the stronger or, or, you know, whatever it is, the more we get, the more we typically become focused on us. Just look at Hollywood, just look at athletes. Um, LeBron James just p- passed 30,000 points and I can't help but take this shot. He, he was the first to congratulate himself on reaching 30,000 points via Twitter. I mean, the more powerful, the more successful we become, it seems like our natural instinct is to be focused on us. But as we're transformed into the image of God... It's the opposite. The more we're connected to the power source, the more we know God, the more we're connected, the less it's about us. And so I want you to understand today that we're not talking, when we talk about being rooted, we're not talking about you becoming this beautiful tree or this beautiful plant. We're not talking about you becoming something great. That's, that's a piece of it. 
But really what we're talking about is you serving and loving and being a part of something much bigger than you. And that's God and God's work. So we've been working through Colossians 1, 9 through 14. And so let's just look at that real quick, starting in verse 9. This has kind of been our, our guiding text through this whole thing. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So right here in this passage, we see Paul's prayer for the church of Colossae. This is a letter to the church of Colossae. This is a prayer that he says, when I pray for you, this is what I pray for. Number one, that you would know God more. Number two, that you would live a life worthy of who you are and of your calling and bear fruit. Number three, that you would be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. And number four, in verse 12, it says, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you, listen, we did this last week, listen to the language here, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so his fourth thing, is that you would have joyful thankfulness for what God has done for you. Because this isn't about what we've done. This being rooted, becoming this thing, being transformed, it's not about what we've done. It's about what God has done. He says that you would have joyful thanks for the inheritance that you have. Listen to the language. He did this. He transformed us. He brought us out of darkness. He, it's not me, it's he. And so God has done this for us. This is not about us. Think about inheritance. You don't earn your inheritance. You don't earn inheritance. Inheritance is freely given to you. You just receive it. If you think about your parents, they've, they work hard their whole life, or your grandparents, may, depending on how old you are, you may be thinking about parents or grandparents, and, or maybe you're thinking about the, what, what you're doing in, in, the, in the estate that, that you've been working on. But, but if you think about it, I didn't have much to do with all of the work that my parents have done, and, and I don't know what I'll inherit. <laughs> I don't know. But it, it's nothing about me and what I've done. Inheritance is about somebody giving you something. And so when Paul says, be joyful and thankful for your inheritance, understand that that's because you didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. It's an inheritance. And when we understand our inheritance and our place in the kingdom, we understand that there's a responsibility 
in that. One of the buzzwords in today's culture is the idea of privilege. And I just want to tell you, I'm about as privileged as they come. And, and I don't mean that from any sort of political lightning rod stance. I just want you to know that I'm privileged. I had parents that loved me and cared for me. I was given every advantage. In fact, my parents paid for most of my college, all of my college, I think. Man, it doesn't get much more privileged than that. And how often do we see it when parents do something like that for a kid? Either they, they pay for their college or they give them a car or something like that. How often do we see that, that, that we don't understand the responsibility of what we're given? Because we didn't earn it. And so my parents gave me this, this great gift of paying for my college so that I wouldn't have debt for a long time after that. And, and honestly, it's easy for me to go to school and just kind of not take it seriously and, and, and not work hard and, and just slack off. But the truth is, with inheritance becomes responsibility. And some of you may have experienced this because maybe some of you started to pay for your school and you didn't work really hard and you weren't responsible with it, and maybe you lost that, that great gift that you had. I know lots of people who their parents tried to give them that gift, but they didn't take it serious. They didn't understand the responsibility, and they lost that gift. Maybe some of you, your parents gave you a car or something great to get you ahead in life, and you didn't understand the responsibility that came with it. You just thought it was this free handout, and what happens? We blow it. The truth is, with inheritance, with gifts, with things that we, we don't earn, there is responsibility. I want you to understand that this morning. You are privileged to be a part of what God is doing in the world around us. I believe that God is doing something great. I can feel God's spirit moving in our church. This is a big deal, and you have the privilege of being a part of it. You have the privilege to be rooted in the creator God, in relationship with the creator God, that's incredible. I want you to understand that with the inheritance that you have in Christ, there is responsibility. We're not here because of what we've done. We're here because of what God has done. And so what Paul is saying, he's encouraging us to continue to grow. And, and then in, in verse 12, he's encouraging us to understand our place in the kingdom. Understand that it doesn't matter how much you've grown, how much you've been transformed. Understand that that's not about you. That's God's work. And so with that work, with that inheritance, there's responsibility. And Paul is a perfect example of this. Because let's just look a little bit later in chapter 1, verses 24 to 29. Listen to these words. Now I rejoice with you in what I am suffering for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. For the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory." 
He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature to Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. So let's just think about Paul's background. Paul, or Saul, was, was a really, really bad guy. In fact, he was, he was persecuting Christians. He was hurting people and having people killed. And God did something miraculous in his life. There was this moment where this miraculous work, God show, showed up and changed his life. And all of a sudden, he was a different man, a new man. And what did he do? He understood that with that inheritance, with that coming out of darkness, was responsibility. And we see in verses 24 to 29 that what Paul did with what God did in his life is he poured all of it out for God's kingdom and for others. He poured it all out. His inheritance didn't lead him to comfort and complacency. His inheritance led him to serving and even suffering for the kingdom. Listen, if we're going to have an authentic relationship with Christ, if we're going to be who we're called to be, it can't just be about God continually pouring into us. God, just give me more and more, me, me. We want God to pour into us. But what it's all about is taking what God's pouring into us and pouring out to others. Paul had experienced miracles of God, a miraculous work, had experienced God's power in a way that most of us haven't experienced it. And what did it lead him to? It led him to give all that he had. He's writing letters from prison, literally writing letters from confinement for his work for the gospel. And so, so here's, here's another thing for you. Understanding God's generosity to us in Christ should naturally produce in us a heart that seeks to serve God and serve others. We don't grow from the roots so that we can bask in the sun. We don't grow so that we can be great. We grow so that we can be a part of God's kingdom. If we truly love and seek the kingdom, we will seek to bring the kingdom everywhere we go. So think about, there's another Bible story real quick. I'm going to run out of time. But there's a, there's a Bible story, The Unmerciful Servant, where the master cancels this huge debt. He had a huge debt, and he came before the master, and the master said, you know what? It's okay. Graced him on it. Said, go ahead. And he walked out. And we love that, right? We love when a debt is canceled. We love when we're given a great gift. We love grace. Don't you love it when people are graceful with you? Don't you love it? Listen, I blow it all the time. All the time. And there is nothing better than when you blow it and someone says, you know what, it's okay. I forgive you, I love you, you're good. There's nothing better than that, right? But what we saw from the unmerciful servant is after he was graced, after that happened, he turned around and somebody else owed him something and he didn't extend that same grace and that same love to others. Here's the thing, you don't really love grace if you only love it when it happens to you. You love yourself. If you really are a person that loves God's kingdom and grace, then you're going to be a person that wants to extend grace, that wants to be a part of God's kingdom. 
Do you see it? We can't say, God, pour it out on us. Let me be a part of this greatness. Let me have grace. Let me have love. We can't say that we love all that if we're not living it out every day. And so people have graced me over and over again. And man, my reaction has to be to grace others and to love others. And man, God has graced me more than I ever deserved. I don't deserve to be here. So I need to pour that out for others. Beacon Commentary said this, To suffer for the church, in Paul's view, is a privilege and an honor, for it is sharing in the work of Christ. It's a privilege and an honor. I want you to understand that for Paul, serving time in prison for the gospel was a privilege. It wasn't a hindrance, it was a privilege. Sure, it wasn't easy, but it was a privilege. I love Charlie, um, my third son. Charlie has this job in our house. He, he doesn't do a lot of things with a lot of uh, tenacity other than try to beat me up. But one thing he's really good at is we call him the passy finder. Because in our house, it is impossible to keep track of where the pacifiers go. So Jack needs the pacifier. We can never find one. I don't know where they go. We probably have hundreds of pacifiers that when we clean out our house, they're just going to be everywhere. But Charlie is the passy finder. And if I say, go clean your room, Charlie, it's not happening. But if I say, hey, passy finder, we need a passy Oh, man, he loves being a part of that. He's privileged to get to go look. Eli loves to vacuum. I don't know where, where that came from. I don't know where it came from. It's awesome. When you look at responsibility as privilege, that's incredible. That's where we need to be. God, I just want to serve. I don't care where it takes me. I just want to serve you. That's where Paul's at. In verse 25, it says, I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that's been kept hidden for ages and generations but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of of glory. I, I'm going to go quickly through this part. Paul is commissioned by God. Paul was given a calling by God to preach the word and to start churches. And sometimes I think it's easy for us to look at Paul and other biblical um, characters and maybe even to look at pastors or Christian leaders and to think that they are the ones called by God to build the kingdom. I want you to understand this morning that all of us share in a glorious inheritance of God's love and grace. And with that, we are all called to be a part of building God's kingdom. It's not just the pastor's job. It's not just the, the, the evangelist's job. It's not just Paul, superhero Paul's job. It's your job. Maybe, not to, maybe you're not called to preach every week. Maybe you're not called to start churches. But you know what? You are called to build the kingdom. And so Paul is commissioned by God. I want you to understand this morning that you are commissioned by God to be a part of the building of his kingdom. Let's just get really simple with what that means. All of you have people in your life all of you have people in your life that don't know Christ, that don't know the mystery that we're going to talk about. 
You have a responsibility as somebody who has experienced God's grace and God's love to pass that grace and love to others. Every single one of you, every single one of you know people that don't know about this mystery, that don't have this privilege or this grace. And your job, your calling is to be a part of God reaching others. Do you get that? Nod with me and say you get it. Nod with me and tell me you're awake and that you get it. Yes, we are called to build the kingdom, every single one of you. The second thing it talks about is this mystery. The mystery that Paul's talking about is that for ages, it was just God's chosen people. But the mystery he's talking about is that it wasn't just for God's chosen people anymore. It's for the Gentiles. It's for others. And so there was this mystery. For a long time, God was working in his people, preparing them. But at this point, it's, hey, tell the world. It's the Gentiles. They're welcome into this. I want you to understand that just as much as there was a mystery back then, there is a mystery today. There is a mystery today. There is the ins and the outs. There is the the Christians, the church, and the people that don't think that's for them. There are lots of people walking around your life that don't know about God's love and God's grace, and they think it's just for those of us that are a part of a church. I was just hanging out with friends this week. And, and they ju- it's a mystery to them. They don't know, they don't know what we do. They don't, they don't know what we believe, and they definitely don't know that God loves them. And so we are commissioned to be a part of revealing this mystery. You have a calling to share something with people that they don't know. There are people in your life that don't know. And so it's not about the ends. And the outs, it's not about the people that get it and the people that don't get it. It's about the people that have been graced and have had an inheritance turning around and giving that and sharing that with people that don't have it and don't know it. That's what this is all about. Your inheritance comes with a calling. Your inheritance comes with a calling. And if you're connected in authentic relationship with God, if you understand how much God has graced you and loved you, it should automatically produce a servant's heart that wants to share that with others. I talked at length in in Access a few weeks ago about MoviePass. And MoviePass is this awesome thing that that we all figured out that it's a program that's being offered and you can buy MoviePass and go to a bunch of movies for really cheap. And I don't want to do a commercial right now, but I just want you to know that like, I want to share that with everyone I talk to because it's such a great deal. And I want you to have the same great deal I have. That's what this is about. This is a much better deal. God has graced you. You have an opportunity to be a part of God's kingdom, and you didn't deserve it. You should share that. We should share that with everybody around us. Maybe you're not called to to travel and preach and start churches. Maybe Maybe you're not called to stand up here on the pulpit, but you are called to serve and love and proclaim God's word and God's hope and God's message to the people around you. And so Paul goes on in verse 28. 
He says, he is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature to Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Once again, we see the mindset of Paul having grown and matured. It's not about him. It's about Jesus. And so Paul's message is simple. Everything that God is doing in my life, everything that God has done for us, is for others, is to build the kingdom, is to serve. His message is for everyone. Good, good news this morning. Some of you know people and you want them, you want to share the gospel with them, you want them to know about this mystery, and you think that, that they're never going to get it. And you think maybe that, that they're just eternally lost. God's love and God's hope and God's grace and God's kingdom and God's privilege is for everyone. When you're ministering, I want you to know that God wants you to minister. God wants to work through you more than you want to work yourself. God loves everyone. And so Paul is talking about proclaiming, admonishing, and teaching. Paul is not just talking about preaching. He's not just talking about saying, hey, here's who Jesus is, love Jesus. He's talking about helping people grow in their relationship. As we are rooted, as we grow, our responsibility is to help others grow. And I look back to the song we sang earlier, every knee shall bow before the lion and lamb. Every knee shall bow before the Lord, and we have a part in that. And so there are people in your life, and you have an obligation, you have a responsibility as someone who has been graced by God to share that with others. He finishes the section talking about how all of the power and energy that he's been given goes toward this purpose. When we are rooted and transformed, the more power we receive, the more God pours into us, the more we pour out. It goes back to earlier. It's not about hoarding it. It's not about being greater in myself. It's about pouring it out. And so the more God does in my life, the more miracles he works, the more great things we experience, the more we have to pour out to others. Paul's a hero of the faith, right? Because he didn't hold it in. He poured it out. And so we are called to pour it out. We have two great examples of this, and we're going to close here. Number one, we have Paul, who we've been talking about. But number two, we have Jesus Christ, the reason that we are here this morning. I want you to understand that Jesus came to earth fully God, fully man. Jesus came, and he was great. He's the greatest figure in the history of time. Nobody has, has been as, as great as Jesus. Jesus' whole thing was pouring himself out for others and for his Father's kingdom. And so in showing up to worship, if we worship Jesus, if we worship God, you need to understand that God's very heart, the image of God we're being transformed into, is to pour out. Not to hoard it, to pour out. Jesus came and he could have said, I'm Jesus, bow everyone, you bow before me, I'm the greatest, give me more power, I'm going to sit on the throne. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus poured out everything he had. He died a criminal's death on a cross for you and I, for his Father's sake. The greater he became, the more he poured out. 
That's what we're called to. And so this morning, it's, it's fitting that we're going to close the service with communion. In communion, we remember what Jesus did. We remember that this Jesus that we came to sing about and serve gave everything. And so it's, but this morning, it's not just about remembering. Because if we're going to be rooted, if we're going to be transformed, if we're going to plug into that power source, guess what we're called to do? We're called to pour ourselves out just like Paul was doing in prison and just like Jesus did on a cross for us. And so I want you to understand this morning, you are privileged to be rooted in a relationship with the creator God. You are privileged. It's not your doing, it's God's doing. And you should be transformed and you should, God pours into you and you grow and you become more mature, but it's not, it's not so that you can be great, or so Westchester Church can be great, or so, so the name Christian can be great. It's so that God's kingdom can be built. And so the ushers are going to come this morning. Ushers, come on up. And as we take communion, as you prepare for this, I want you to really simply think about this. That this isn't just something we do. This isn't just, this isn't just taking um, bread and juice and taking it. It's not just a ritual. In taking communion this morning, we remember that Jesus poured everything out for us. And I want you, as you pray about this, to pray that God will transform your heart to where the more you are poured into, the more you have to pour out for others. This is about building the kingdom. This is about God and others. And so as you take the elements, as, as you get them in your hands, I want you to hold them and I want you to pray, God, transform me. God, help me to have a heart of service and love for others.